2: iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych up rituals scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life threatening situations? Or why Keegan Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, conversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry.
3: everybody, thank you so much for joining us for another session of the iHeart Podcast Network Speaker Series. This is one of my favorite times of the week where we get to stop down and take a second and talk to a couple creators that we have a partnership with. The excuse for getting together is podcasting. We do talk a lot about podcasting here, but we end up talking about different kinds of media, different kinds of communication, how we're getting different messages out there in the world And these sessions have turned out to be just really cool conversations about content, culture, where we are as content makers, but also as a country, as a world. Today's session is no exception. It's going to be awesome. We have partnered with a podcast called Earn Your Leisure. It's by hosts Troy Millings and Rashad Bilal. First of all, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. I'm sure there's stuff not getting done because you're hanging out with us, so I really do appreciate it.
4: Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you.
3: So this podcast is sort of phenomenal, the growth that it's had. And maybe some of that at least is from your guys' backgrounds deep in education and finance. And I'll let you guys talk through that. But I think one of the coolest things in podcasting period right now is that none of us started out as podcasters. Dolly didn't. I didn't. It isn't the career we decided when we were 10 or even 21 that we wanted to do or whatever. And so I think that brings a lot to the medium. I think a lot of people are making podcasts today that come from different places, whether it's I used to write books or I made TV shows or I was a financial analyst or whatever the case may be. Troy, if I could start with you, where do you come from? Like, where did you come from originally and and what sort of assets, if you will, or knowledge do you bring into podcasting from that former life or maybe parallel life now?
5: Yeah, yeah. So I'm an educator by trade. I was teaching in uh, New York City for... 10 plus years and then in Westchester County for another five. And so education is something that I've always been part of. I've been working with kids since I was 15 years old in summer camps and after school programs. And so one of the things that I decided that was important to kids was teaching financial literacy. And so I partnered with my my best friend Rashad. And uh, I decided, look, we need to create a curriculum for kids to learn about money. We were doing a summer internship program and they were going to get paid $500 based on their performance. But I knew that they didn't have a positive relationship with money. Like most kids don't. And so we wanted to give them an idea of what money is, how it could be used as an asset, and how it could be used to share and spend. And so it started there. And still to this day, like I I say that I still am an educator. I just don't do it in a school district. And my topic has changed. I used to teach health and phys ed, and now I teach finance. Because I know long term, these are the things that people, not even just kids, but adults and children need to know. Because it's a life skill that they can take on forever.
3: When you say kids didn't have, don't have a good relationship with money. And that was one of the things that made me want to jump in and try to start to fix that. What were you seeing? How were kids thinking about money, talking about money and finance that made you stop down?
5: Yeah, somebody said this to me. they like, when when you don't know what to do, you do what you don't. And so we were just around kids that when they got paid, as soon as they got paid, they spent the money, right? I actually challenged a kid uh, one time, I said, look, If you can save $100 of your check, I'll give you $100 tomorrow. And he did. not He needed immediate gratification for having the money and spending it, where he could have actually gained $100 by just saving it. And so it was a repetitive thing that we saw every paid cycle. Every two weeks, kids get money, they spend it every two weeks. Same thing. And it was like, okay, this is a cycle that's happening in our community in a small scale, but on a larger scale in the world, right? When people get money, they tend to spend it. They don't ever think about investing. They don't think about saving. And a lot of times they don't think about sharing if at all. So those are some of the principles that we wanted to implement in kids at a young age because we know if we start at a young age, chances are that they'll hold on to some of those vital pieces of information long-term. And in fact, they'll not only do it for themselves, but we saw that they started to help their parents get a better understanding of what money was.
3: Rashad, what about you real quick? Where's your background from? What, What kind of skills do you bring into podcasting?
4: Yeah, my background is a financial advisor. I was a financial advisor for 12 years. So, you know, the financial literacy aspect of it, for well, me and Troy, he was an educator and I was a financial advisor. So when we came together to teach kids about money, it was really, a, you know, the real combination of financial literacy and, you know, seeing the inner workings of finance and personal finance specifically, the mistakes that people make, you know, how they don't have their financial orders in place and, uh, you know, things like life insurance, retirement plans. This is all things that I was dealing with for over a decade on a day-to-day basis. So that was my background before going into podcasting being on social media so it was kind of a natural gateway into what we do now because it's still in line of you know what i started out it's more broad range now like more business topics and it's more expansive but um the root of the financial literacy and investing business stuff That's all the things that I was really familiar with and my background. So, yeah, that's what I was doing before the podcast.
3: When you hear Troy talk about this sort of the way we think about money, instant gratification, turning money into things we can buy and, you know, we think make us happy. Does it feel sometimes like it's an overwhelmingly huge problem to solve? It's like, look, I can train a kid to try to invest money, but the problem is way upstream. It's just how we think about instant gratification as opposed to being happy with maybe who you are right then and there. How did you tackle that? And maybe your answer was just, look, I'll solve the piece I can, which is financial literacy. But I'm just interested to hear you talk through that.
4: Yeah, mindset is extremely important. So, you know, we make investing cool. We try to make investing fun. And if you are encouraged to do it, then you have the same passion for spending money that you would have for investing money. So that's something that we do naturally, but we're very conscious of doing it. And one of the reasons why our presentation is not to alienate anybody, is really to include everybody, include people that may have been left out from traditional business conversations, because a lot of times people feel like, you know, if it's not for them or if it's in a language that they can't understand, then they just kind of, You know, ignore it. So I think that once people fully understand that, you know, it's not really boring to have investments that's making money for you, it's actually exciting. And it could be just as exciting as spending money. And once they understand that and they've experienced it, then their mindset starts to change. And now their relationship with money changes. And they understand that it's not just a voucher to be used, it's actually a tool to actually make more money. So that's something that we try to, you know, attack a lot is a mindset aspect of it, and just kind of reframing, you know, how we were trained to think about money.
0: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man.
8: Well, I would love to, you know, as you guys promote in, in school on financial literacy, I would love to talk more about your Earn Your Leisure podcast. I know there's a lot of schooling and information and a lot of inf- like formal stuff there. Could you tell us like, you know, coming from an educational background and you coming from a financial literacy background, I guess it only made sense to do a podcast and, and put it in this format to give it to the world. But would love to know more about the incredible podcast and your inspiration and why you two decided to come together. And, you
4: know, to, to give the world our new leisure. Yeah, I think um, it was it started from social media. And, you know, I had developed a, a presence on social media. So I was going on different people's shows, local radio shows, public access shows, whatever. And I would, you know, take clips from that and put those on social media. And those became really popular. And people actually thought I already had a podcast. So they, they would think they were asking me where could they listen to my podcast. And I didn't have a podcast. So. You know, I felt like it was just a natural progression to start a podcast to expand on the conversations that was already, you know, being had on social media. So, you know, ask Troy, who, um, you know, I speak to him every day anyway. So I felt like that would be a perfect partnership. My perfect partner starting a podcast would be him, since we already have chemistry and we already, you know, speak all the time anyway. So that's kind of how the, the idea of the podcast came about. It was just a, uh, you know, natural growth and progression that started from social media. It really started from social media. And then from social media, it grew into the podcast.
9: Well,
8: everyone loved it. Obvious or everyone loves you. And then everyone loves both of you now as podcasters together. And speaking um you and Troy's relationship, you guys seem to have a seamless flow. It's like you're yin and the yang of like how you guys flow together. You're always upping the other and like in giving compliments and, and shining the light on the other in addition to, you know, stuff that's a part of the EYL brand. Just would love to know what is the secret sauce?
5: Between the two. Uh, <laughs> I tell people, man, he, it, the secret sauce is, is developing a relationship with somebody over 25 years. And so we talked every day for pretty much 25 years. Like I said, when I needed somebody to teach financial literacy, it was a no-brainer. I called him. And when he wanted to create a podcast, it was like a natural he was going to call me. In fact, when he was creating a social media campaign, he needed a hashtag. So that's where the name came about. I was like, I got a hashtag for you. I think you should use. And he was like, what is it? And I was like, earn your leisure. You should use it. That's the hashtag. And so he was using it. And then he stopped for a little bit. And, and we had to come up with a name for the podcast. It was like something that we already created. It was ours. And so that's how we got the name. But um, yeah, man, we pretty much see life in, in a very similar way. Uh, and we learn from each other. I remember when he first came into the classroom, I had to give him pointers on how to, to teach a classroom. But in the same point, he has a expertise in finance. And so while he's teaching finance, I'm learning. From him and so we bounce off each other like that you know like we're learning from each other on a daily basis how to get better even now with, with networking and, and relationships that's something that he was great at i worked with five-year-olds <laughs> right and so networking with people is something that i have to get better at and learn so it's just a, it's a natural blend that we have our families are, are close you know he's at my house all the time so it's just one of those things that this has been my, my, my best friend and my brother for over 25 years so I tell people if they want to duplicate it, they gotta they gotta put in twenty five years.
8: So of course we know we have EYL the podcast, but there's so many other gems that's a part of the EYL world, like the EYL University. It's uh, featuring webinars with access to like industry experts and insiders on financial topics. Could you guys tell us more about that and you know what the drive behind it and how well it's going?
4: Yeah, EYL University. We have almost ten thousand students, and it's a subscription based service. And we look at EYL University as like earning your leisure is like public school. It's open for anybody. And that's on social media, on the podcast platform, YouTube. We give daily information, and there's so much information. All of that information is free. But sometimes people need more of a handheld experience. So EYL University is our private school. So EYL University is an extension of the podcast, but more uh, interactive. Where we do Zoom calls once a week with different professionals, talk about everything from crypto to real estate to stocks. Um, and this is an opportunity for people to actually ask questions. The presenters have presentations. And then we have infinity groups inside of EYL University. So we really modeled it after a real school. So we have 20 infinity groups, um, everything from a crypto club, stock club, real estate club, people 50 and over, military yeah. club. So they actually meet every week and they, and they teach each other and they bring different people on. And, and it's in a lot of like school spirit type situation. And then I do uh, monthly financial planning calls, being that that was my background already. And that's an opportunity for people to actually connect with me and ask me questions. And, you know, I sit down two hours on Zoom and break it down. And then one of our other partners does a real estate call. Every other week, Troy heads our book club. So yeah, we we really modeled it after a traditional school, but we took an untraditional approach, kind of what we have built our platform on, and that's EYO University in a nutshell.
3: It's really phenomenal how many tentacles it has, that you've grown it that quickly. Is that the similar spirit behind um, Invest Fest, which is sort of something you guys have built as a first of its kind? in-person experience that I think is meant to combine investing, entrepreneurship, pop culture, entertainment, a little bit of everything. Is that the same idea?
4: Yeah, kinda, invest that. So the in-person events was real big for us before Corona, live podcasts, workshops. So, you know, being that, you know, our platform is definitely built on education, not just entertainment. You know, we have more wiggle room when we do live shows. Like most podcasts, they do a live show. It's just a live podcast. But we can do seminars, we can do workshops, we can do a live podcast, and Invest Fest is going to be a combination of all of that. It's actually a festival which we plan on having as an annual event, and uh, it's going to be the Coachella of financial literacy. Where, yeah, as you said, we have performances from some of the top artists, musical performances. We have panels. We have we're going to do a live podcast most likely. We have keynote speakers, and then we're going to have a vendor marketplace. So, really, just modeling that after the festival feel from essence Fest to coachella made in america all of the all of the top festivals that's already in existence we're not really reinventing the wheel the only thing that we're doing is we're just making it for business finance and investing that's the main focus of it with other
5: elements sprinkled in yeah for for, for many years right like we we hear stories obviously we we study business and we read all the time and you hear about these meetings where, where deals were struck at conventions and whether it be silicon valley or austin texas and it was like we never knew that these meetings were happening or we never got an invite to it and so we very quickly said rather than complain or try to figure out how we get to them we'll create something of our own and that becomes a place for our culture to combine and say look this is a place where we need to have venture capitalists This is a place we need to have startups this is a place if entertainers need to debut themselves we want that investment to become that
9: Healthlock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit healthlock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's healthlock.com.
3: When you guys are involved in this many different kinds of content, I want to sort of ask how and why podcasting might feel special or different, like what it's especially good at. Dolly and I clearly love this medium. This is what we do. But in the data, in how we see people listening to podcasts, We actually see in the data that there is something kind of special about podcasting. People listen longer. They don't skip ads in podcasting. You see little bits of data here and there that basically translates into podcast listeners, podcast fans are more engaged than a lot of other media types. You really do literally and figuratively have their ear for that moment that you're talking to them. Do you guys feel the same, like Troy or Rashad, when you talk to people who you communicate with primarily maybe through the podcast? Is there something special about
5: it? Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, it becomes the new medium for information. And so most people turn away by watching the news. And if they're watching a certain network, there's only usually a one-sided opinion. And so, you know, when they, they listen to our podcast, it's something very direct. Um, it's something that they can learn from. I think that's the most important thing, when, when you listen there's always going to be a value add, right? Like we're learning as we're doing the interview, but the audience is also learning, right? And the most important thing is that they'll probably hear something that they can apply to their lives or somebody around them can apply to their lives. And so it benefits them long-term. Whereas if I just watch a piece of news, it's like, all right, I've been updated and I'm not sure sure how that's going to impact me directly today. Whereas you you hear an episode and you're like, I can do that, right? Because we really believe that in order for us to achieve things, we have to see them first. And so our job is to make sure that we can put as many different forms of success in front of our audience so they can just choose, right? It becomes a gumbo of success stories and hopefully people can take something away from it and say, you know what, I can do that. I saw them do it, I can do it.
3: Have you seen real examples of this where you've seen kids a month later, a year later, five years later where you're like, wow, wow. They really got the lesson. Like it actually materially changed how they think about money, how they maybe even invest one day. That's got to be incredibly rewarding. But maybe talk to a specific example of where you were like, and that's why we're doing this.
5: Yeah, I'll give you a personal example. Our assistant, Abdullah, he lost his father at 16 years old. I offered him a job and uh, he told me no. And I knew the role that his father had played in his life because he was my student in my after-school program. And I told him, you know, you don't have an option. You got to work for me. He now works with us at earn Leisure. This year, he's become a partner in a vending machine business with us. And next week, he's closing on two homes. He's 23 years old, right? So since he was 16, he's been around us. And so we're seeing these things happen in real time. So we know that there's a lot of responsibility that comes with the information we're giving. Uh, but seeing people apply it is really the fuel to say, no, we got to keep going. There's so much more.
8: That's awesome. I love that. 23 years old and closing on two homes. Yeah. Take me back to 23 and <laughs> all over again. <laughs> in that space, you know, you guys have so much influence on so many younger people and in, in trying to figure out or just learn about financial literacy. In having a little bit of fun here, what advice would you give your younger self? through all that you've learned over the time and amassed and in information that you've gained, like what advice would you, for both of you, um, I'll start with you, Troy, what advice would you give your younger self today?
5: I would say learn every day, read every day, and trust yourself. Um, I had not started investing when I was 23 years old and I was new to it, right? Like I had, nobody was teaching me in my home. Like this was something that I ventured that I was going on by myself and Thankfully, uh, my friends are on it with me as well, but I didn't trust some of the decisions I was making, and it cost me financially. But I had to go through that so I could be a better investor today. And so I would say, trust myself and try to learn every day.
4: I would say, just to get started, that's the biggest mistake that I think people make is that they just wait, they procrastinate. You know, everybody has things that they spent money on that could have easily been invested, from clothes to travel. To you know, you look back on it years later, and it's like in that moment it seemed like it, seemed like it was very important, but it's really not. So. I would say I would just tell myself just to get started at a much younger time frame. Even if it wasn't with a lot of money, something is better than nothing. So that would be probably the advice that I would give myself.
8: If I were some young kid looking to invest some money or trying to just flip something and make something shake and move, what advice or what is the smartest thing I could do? Say if I came to YouTube and was like, I need advice on investing or doing something with $10,000, what would be the smartest thing that I would could be able to do? Um, with that money that you guys would suggest?
4: The smartest thing that you should do is educate yourself first because you could do a variety of different things. You can invest in stocks, you can do crypto, you can do real estate, but you're not really going to be successful in anything if you're not educated and going off of what somebody else tells you is not research. That's a mistake that a lot of people make. So even with our platform, we always tell people we're here to just give you a springboard, but from here, this is just the beginning of your educational journey you have to actually start to educate yourself so of course investing in like technology companies is always a good idea apple microsoft for the world nvidia paypal things of that nature investing in like an index fund which gives you exposure to a variety of different stocks investing in etfs something that we talk about as well those are all easy ways where you can start investing into the stock market but i would definitely advise Anybody, but especially somebody that's just looking to get started before you invest in anything, you want to be 100 percent confident that you are investing wisely, because if not, then it's just kind of like gambling. When you invest in things that you don't fully understand, this is why, you know, people invest in Dogecoin and things of that nature, because it's just hot on social media. They don't fully understand it. And then when they get in, it goes down, right? When they get in and they lose money and then they get discouraged and they don't invest anymore. So it's very, very, especially now with social media, so many different stocks that go up every week and different cryptos that go up every week. So it's important to only invest in things that you fully understand to invest in your education and to um, have a good work ethic as far as understanding that investing is not easy. It's one of these things that, you know, takes time to master your craft. So even when you start, you're still going to be learning as you go, but you have to be willing to to put in some work and to educate yourself.
5: Yeah, you know, 1,000% educating yourself because, again, you can make money, but if you don't have any idea what to do with the money, you're probably going to lose it. It goes back to that same theory of when you don't know what to do, you do what you know, right? So, like, I can make it and I can also lose it. Yeah, and then I would also say just invest in the things that you're already paying for. Right. So like if you have an iPhone, then you should probably be investing in Apple. We're talking on Zoom right now. Zoom, is that's part of your daily life, that would probably be something you should invest in. And so we don't have to look too far to find the things we should invest in because we're already giving money to these companies anyway.
8: And home is the Black Effect Podcast
5: Network. <laughs> <laughs> don't <You> know, say. <laughs>
8: um, no, never heard of it. What? Who? Where? <laughs> um, you know, we're all a, a part of the iHeart family with the Black Effect Podcast Network. You know, you guys jumped into this partnership, I think, headfirst with Charlamagne and wanting to do this. Would love to know, like, what does it mean to be a part of the Black Effect? What does that mean to you guys? And, you know, why were you so eager to jump into the partnership with with Charlamagne and the Black Effect Podcast Network?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, I spoke to Charlamagne a few months before we actually, you know, joined. And uh, he was just a very genuine person. Everybody that I spoke to previously speaking to him had only spoken highly of him, and he just struck me as somebody that was really down to help and was, uh, you know, a sh- extremely humble person. So that was something that was definitely a major factor in us working with Black Effect is, uh, you know, Charlemagne for sure. And then, of course, just, you know, we respect the iHeart platform, everything that, you know, it's built, it's reach. And we just felt that it just, it just really made sense to um, partner with iHeart and Black Effect to, you know, be part of family, help grow our brand, and, um, yeah,
5: we thought it would just be a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, I mean, the the level of talent that's on the Black Effect, it only felt right that we should be a part of it. So we listen to some of the podcasts that are on on the network, and we admire a lot of them. And so we said, you know, this is where we can fit. This could be our home, so... We're we're very happy to be a part of it. It's
3: been amazing to partner with you guys on it. I mean, Dolly and Charlemagne have built this thing in short order here. That's just a powerhouse. We're trying to keep up, (laughs) (laughs) but you guys have just been honestly an incredible part of it. From day one, when Charlemagne would talk about what we were going to try to build here in the black effect, financial literacy as a way to empower the listeners that he wanted to reach was a core part of it if not the core part of it before all else was like look we have to build something that teaches people about how to own their future a little bit not just listen to a great show we'll do a lot of that too but this is about about that other piece too and and i think for him for us you guys were just a key cornerstone in building that slate so troy rashad cannot thank you guys enough for being partners but also just hanging out with me and dolly today and talking about this it's been awesome Okay, no thank you thank you guys and everybody thanks for listening for another session of the iheart podcast network speaker series be well be safe we will see you next week take care everybody
2: conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. radio You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.